brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. I, I don't, don't know, know what, what this world is coming to. Yes, yes, y'all. It is the full disclosure show. I'm Dan Lamont Williams the first. We got Big Dick Dazzly, Bobby Red Screen, and of course, the little lady of the house, Miss Lisa Lisa Burnett. What up, what up, what up, y'all? How we doing? How we living? Still Leo season. What's up with all the Leos? Right? All the Leos. Happy birthday, Miss Kenya Brown, the ZAK. And uh, I say, uh, rest in peace to Sorry about the loss, Brother Terry. You know, rest in peace to your lovely sister Judy once again. Bob up inside. Rest in peace to your lovely sister. Sorry. Sorry you lost your sister. Yeah, man. I say all the time tell you people you love them, because tomorrow's not promised for anybody. You know, I got to, uh, real quick, I got to plug my, my son's YouTube channel. You all, y'all uh, subscribe to that. It's called Blunt Thoughts, you know, where he be giving his thoughts on the Dutch Ray, you know what I'm saying? Tap into that. You can also tap into my YouTube channel on the on my square, you know. Same type, I stand on my square and I tell you how I feel, you know what I mean? It's all love. And uh, uh, what's up, Miss Lisa Lisa? Had a rough week this week as well, uh, but uh, I did make a new table, so that was the highlight of my week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all need to go ahead and get with on them tables, man. They works so hard. I'm trying to tell you, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, let me know what you want. Give me your ideas. You can get an idea that I have already created. Yes, indeed. We gotta support, support one another. And uh, man, I'm ready to get into it. You know, I'm ready to get in. I'm ready to get into it. You know what I'm saying? We got a good, we got a really great show for y'all today, I, I believe. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna uh, set it off with uh, Miss Lisa Lisa Burnett. Uh, so today I'm gonna um, discuss the um, accountability for our image. When do we take responsibility for our image on how white America, let's just put it out there, how they see us? Do we, do we just keep saying things like, oh, well, you know, they did, they do oppress us, they did set up these blocks for us, they did do this, we know that. We know that we're oppressed. We know that they constantly keep putting these hurdles in front of us. We know that we have police brutality, but when do we stop and say, well, damn, you know, maybe what, what can I do to better the situation? What am I doing to make the situation worse? Because I do think that we, we do need to take accountability for our own actions instead of keep saying, oh, well, the white man does this, or uh, my mom was a drug addict, my dad did this, Everybody has a story, but because you have a story, that doesn't mean you have to be that story. That doesn't, just because you, you grew up in the hood doesn't mean you have to be hood. Doesn't mean you have to keep wearing your uh, pants down your pants halfway off your ass. Doesn't mean you have to uh, always walk around with your titties hanging out. Doesn't mean you always have to be shooting and killing each other over a fucking street, over a color. I 
think that it's time for black America to start taking accountability for their own actions and stop using these excuses. Well, not excuses. Let me change that. Stop using these things that we do, these obstacles that we do have and start doing things different. Like I said earlier this week, when the old doesn't work, why not try something new? We've been doing the same thing for X amount of years with, I mean, we have results, but we don't have the results that we should have. Well, I want to uh, I want to come from the thread and read some of the comments. We put the uh, this topic out in the group, and I want to read some of these my man John Running Bear Young said, I think everyone should take accountability for their actions regardless of color. I remember growing up and my grandfather told me it's not people of color that commit crimes, it's people of every color that commits crimes. Because of my upbringing, I don't see color. I only see people, humans just like me. This is what needs to change how we perceive other people. It's the 21st century. It's time to get over color and race and unify for a more sensible world free of hate and blame. Mr. Thomas Fizzy Fizz said when we need to teach our, our youth to struggle, the struggles we're still going through with a system that was set up when our ancestors were still slaves and we, we need to start young. Tanya Mitchell said we do, when, when do we take accountability for the way they see us? That's a loaded question. Well, first you can't make another man, woman change his perspective on how he decides that he's going to see you. Second, when we people of color change how we value ourselves and treat each other, it will matter. It will not matter what any race feels about us people of color. And third, we need to resolve the poisoning, the breaking, systematic conquering and breaking down of our of men and women. And uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the next one. She also said, "My question is, how do we begin to heal?" and peel away the domination that was laid on us. Patrick Bubba Boy Cole said, accountability is something that's in short supply these days. And Aisha Pearson said, we account for us as individuals and correct guy as many as we can. Yeah, I really liked it what, um, um, I think it was Tanya Mitchell said. Yeah. I really did. I agree a lot with what she said. Um, I do. I do understand that there is problems in every culture, and every culture has different things that they need to work on. I do understand that, so I don't want to make it seem like it's just us. But it's But I think we all can agree, or kind of agree, that our culture is kind of a little bit, a little bit more messed up or we have a lot more things against us than other other cultures so i think that we need to look at that and take that into into our mix and start to heal that and start to change that i think we're too worried about appearance i think we're too worried about material things america is really about material things how can we gain how can we gain material Instead of trying to gain education, instead of trying to gain prosperity, instead of trying to gain generational wealth, we're more worried about appearances. And I think the media is is our is the new is the new normal. And with that being said, I think that has a lot of 
how we act. That has really changed how we act. I mean, everything that's been going on has always been going on, but now, now that it's in the forefront, people are now more apt to, to take that and to be the new, new norm instead of changing their behavior. That is the new behavior. Normal or positive behavior isn't okay. And I don't think that we're taking that into accountability. What do you guys think? What do you think? Well, when I read the question, first of all, I'm going to apologize because I read the question differently. In the way that it was written, it seemed like we were asked to take accountability for how someone perceives us. When are we going to take accountability when how they see us is what I read. And in that, you can't be accountable for how someone sees you. A person's opinion is their opinion. How they see you is just how they see you. You know, you, you have no no say so over that. But in hearing how you phrased it today, it's a lot different than what you wrote in the three. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, when are we gonna take accountability for ourselves? Is that what you meant? Yeah. Okay, so that's different. Mm -hmm. Now with that being said, I agree. We need to take, I think everyone should take accountability for themselves. But if we're saying as a people or as a whole, I think we have to keep in mind that in this, I'm not talking about um, blacks that are in America, from the unique relationship we've had in this country since uh, they arrived here for the ones that were here prior to colonial invasion and those that were brought here after colonial invasion. Uh, we were subjugated. We, we know our story very well. Um, but we haven't been free outside of 50 years. So there's, there's nothing that's going to take hold quickly. But we do need to start making movements and strides in order to become better as a society. But we need to be better to one another. Each one teach one, each one reach one. There has to be some compassion within our ranks. To say that we have a culture, I really couldn't say that. We don't. That was that was part and parcel to the destruction of the black family unit, of us as a people, to make sure that you weren't proud of who you were and your heritage and you didn't know it. They took your name, they took your religion, they took your belief system, they took your dignity, they took your life. Mm -hmm. So we have to start building those things and putting the foundation together. We're the generation that can do that without the precipice or the underlying thing of trying to be like anyone else. I don't want to be like anyone else. I want to be the best first me. Right. That's how we, I would say we need to look at it moving forward. And the great thing about social media and some of the dysfunctional things that you may or may not see on there is that it shines a light on the underbelly of our people in this country. And when that light is shined, do we say, oh well, or do we say we need to do better as a collective? And I think that you articulated that very well. We need to do better as a collective. Let's take accountability. But once again, I apologize. When I first saw the question, I was actually offended by it because I thought you meant how can we take a, accountability for somehow someone else viewed us? Well, we can. I don't think we can never take accountability for how someone else view us. But I do think that we view ourselves how they view us. So, we, so we may not see ourselves in the light that we should see ourselves because of the image that we see constantly. And, and I think that's part of the reason why it's so hard for us to take accountability for our own actions. Well, see, I think the 
our, our, our image is, is, is skewed because we're not the dominant society. Basically, the truth is, you know, like, we are a reflection, reflection of, our, of the dominant society. Everything that is America is us. You understand? Like, everything that was done to us, we have, uh, we have internalized it. And we have, you know, so like, you know, we talk about the gangster image per se. The gangster image has been uplifted in this country since day one. Like, America loves the gangsters. Like, when you go back to the Irish gangsters, the Italian gangsters, you know what I mean? The Polish gangsters, they love that. But, and see, and what we, we internalize that, that gangster in our culture. So we make gangster. We, we, we had a saying, but our gangsters looked that different. Than their gangster. It's like uh, Killer Mike talked about the motorcycle gang compared to the gangs that the, the Crips and the Bloods. You know what I mean? It's the same thing, but because we don't control the narrative, the motorcycle gangs are looked at differently than the Crips and the Bloods, even though they do a lot of the same things. It's, it's like when you we it's like when you watch the news and uh, you hear somebody done, done something and you and the first thing, ah. You know, so I hope you say, I hope it ain't a brother. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, but you know, and like white people don't, they don't, you know, they don't have, they don't necessarily do that. But it's like we're just a microcosm of the dominant society. Like, and so it's like when you see, so as long as we're not controlling the narrative, you know, it is is about how how we're viewed or how we put ourselves out there now. It's an individual as a people and as, mm-hmm. in, as, a, as, a, as an individual. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a person, you carry yourself in a way and you hold yourself accountable of everything that you do. And as a people, you, 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 we take responsibility for those who don't. You know what I mean? And it's almost like, ah, why is she doing that? Why is she making us look like, you know what I mean? Where, like, white people, when a person acts a fool, it's just that white person acting a fool. But when it's black person acting a fool, it's almost like, ah, oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's reflecting yeah. on me when it shouldn't. Like, I don't, I don't know that person. I don't know that, that, you know, somebody on TV acting a fool and talking out the side of their mouth. But, you know, it's like sometimes you feel a kind of like, ah. You know what I mean? Why are you going to go do us like that? When they pull the, uh, when they have the murder scene and they grab the most illiterate person and they yeah. were talking to them and you be embarrassed. Like, why should I be embarrassed? But, you know what I mean? That's like. The whole mentality, you know the white man ain't bad when they grab some hillbilly out today, he get to talk and they don't be thinking like, oh, they just stay, that's white trash. They distance themselves from it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's a, it is a loaded question because, you you know, I'm, I'm accountable for my actions. You know what I mean? And that's basically all you can really do. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. So we got some, we got some comments out here. No, people just saying what's up. Uh, what's up, Tom? Tom? No, uh, Tom, Tom, Thomas McElrath, he, he asked what we're talking about, Lisa. Oh, we're just talking about uh, when do we take um, accountability for our own image. And the question was posed, when it came to me, it was more so the way I posed it on the, in the group, that's the way it was posed to me. How do we take accountability for the way that America views us? I see, that, that makes no sense to me. I mean, flat out, we can't take accountability how someone sees us. So when I, when I, like I said, when I first heard that question, it was offensive to me. 
I called Derek and I said as much. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, D, man, what's this, man? I, I don't get it. You know, how can I take a... That's, that's, that's how our parents thought. Like, people mm-hmm. were holier than thou or better than them, so they wanted to be like. And you still have that. If you sit down and talk to anybody over 70, about 80, not all of them, but you'd be amazed at how self-racist they are against mm-hmm. their, themselves and their people. You know, it, it, you might as well just be talking to, uh, you know, uh, somebody that was running with the KKK. Mm-hmm. When you talk to grandma and them sometimes, sometimes, just on some of the things they see. But they're really down people, I ain't saying it at all. So when I when I saw that, that makes no sense to me. I mean, it's just nonsensical. That question is, is like two or three questions. Mm-hmm. But when you put it, I get it. When we take accountability for ourselves, we need to immediately. I mean, from the moment you're born. We need to take accountability for our children, mm-hmm. how they act, whether you want to take it or not. Your kids going to do what they do. But as a parent, you're going to do the best that you can to make sure that you're putting the best product out there, but your children still have their own mind. Now, what we have the tendency of doing, we don't know, it's one word we don't practice often, solidarity. And we don't really understand systemic racism. I see a lot of people mm-hmm. who I respect, really respect, and put volumes of things out there and you you don't understand this supremacy in a way that is built. So when you see things that make things progressive, you attack it. So one thing I do notice in dominant society, they rally around each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they support each other all the time, but if it came to you versus someone in dominant society, they're gonna support that one in dominant society. We need to be unabashedly pro and unapologetically black when it comes to doing things. We have to stick together just like every other culture does. And I would even say to a certain extent how how we're how, how a lot of black folks are viewed have prevented that solidarity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they don't wanna they don't wanna uh, align themselves with you against their, you know what I'm saying, other counterparts or their white counterparts. You know what I mean? Like they don't want oh I'm I, I don't wanna appear to be racist because, so I want to patronize everybody and we have we've had that problem for years like we want to include everybody because we yeah. don't want to be viewed as racist when well, we know all, what it feels like too. yeah exactly we know what that but in, like. in all in, in all honesty we should know we should know firsthand the importance of sticking together based on what we've been through but the mentality we've been given is like we, we, we want we want to be all inclusive well, like if i if i go to your store instead of the white store next to you, they might think that I'm, so I've got to patronize them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I won't ask for a discount, but I ask for a discount. Right, right, people. right. Or it'd be 200 black people that organize and they wait for the white man to show up. Okay, let's <laughs> get this started. <laughs> what do you get here? Hold on, we do have some comments there. Uh, Kevin Rice said, what's up, full disclosure family? Happy belated birthday wishes to you, queen. What's up, D-Dub? Rich, at least a peace and blessings, y'all. Olery said, you can't take accountability for how people view us. We can only be accountable for ourselves. Right. Yeah, yes. And, uh, and Olery, you know, Lisa, she went on to say that the way it was phrased in the thread is the way it was phrased to yeah, her. Yeah, I just but, phrased it the same way that it was posted to me. Yeah, yeah. But when I first started, I was like... But, you know, it was like, I, 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 I told you before, when, when we, uh, I'll be watching, it's time when I used to watch videos and you see video after video after video of, our, of us, you know, the young man's just sagging, mm-hmm. holding guns, you know, the all the girls. Yeah, it's and it's the same thing, and it's like, okay, like, when when do you in the video like, you know what, this is a little too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, this is this is not who we are. 
You know what I mean? The club, everybody in the club, popping bottles and you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, pour, pour it all on. Like, and, and they show you this time and time again to the point where you see people trying to assimilate that. White and black. So do you think that maybe, do you think that maybe we kind of always uh, absorb the negative behavior more so than the positive? Well, it's a microcosm of society. We, the negative is always extenuated, and period. We do it. We just do it. We do it as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When things are, when it's a fight, when things are negative, that sells. Sex sells. Violence sells. That's just that's American. That's a that's American as apple pie. You know what I mean? So it's not gonna be it's not gonna be any different in our. We just a microcosm of the dominant society. So those same items are going to be put out there. So and it's like with them. It's just that it's more images of white people doing other things than just thug and right, right, right. It's more you know? multifaceted, and we're getting there. Well, we don't, to we don't control the message. We don't control the media. A lot of that is the media. It's the tail wagging the dog. It's the same reason why they're not letting Ice Cube buy those stations, even though he has the money. Is why you know I look at Byron Allen. I respect what he's doing. Buying the Weather Channel, he's flexing his muscles. We need to start controlling that narrative, and you can't control it if you don't own it. But a lot of that is from the book you had me read called uh, They Stole It But You Must Return It. Mm-hmm. And that's a holdover from those times. The fact that we used to have to take the negative and make it positive, that's why we got the N-word and it's so prevalent because it's now it's a term of endearment. It was used to degrade balloon yeah. and make you less than human. But now we use it, that's why I embrace nigga. <laughs> you know, I embrace you with it, you know what I'm saying? But I believe that we still have the habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. We take, we, we gravitate toward it as part of society and part of the fact that we try to take Shit and turn it into chitlins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, you know, I ain't no chitlins in a while. What's up, big sis? Give me some chitlins. Chillers is not fool. Chillers is shit. It's it's shit. That is that, that's why I stopped eating it. That's why I stopped eating it. Okay. But yeah, y'all, y'all listening to and watching. The full disclosure show, man. I'm Dagged Mount Williams the first. We got Big Dick Dashley, Bobby Rich Green, and Lisa Lisa, that little lady house. And we're talking about accountability right now as a people and accountability, on, I guess, on an individual level, you know, as far as how you present yourself and how you view. And I think there is some, you can't control the narrative of how people view you, but you can control how you carry yourself. And that can change how people view you. Now, it may not. You know what I mean? But if you constantly, if we're constantly portraying ourselves in such a light, then this is what people are going to believe that we are, especially when they're, when, you know, you around. Some people don't, are not around black folks. There's a lot of white people who don't see black folks all day. You know what I mean? Like for weeks. So, except on their TV. You know what I mean? So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So it's like at a, at a certain point, you know what I mean, we are, we have some responsibility to, and not just to, and, I, and let me fuck what they think, what the babies think, what yeah. our babies yeah, think, what our because think our children is what's seen, you know what I mean, this is what they're seeing. So the images that we're portraying to them is what's key, you know what I'm saying? People going to see you how they want to see you, basically. You know what I mean? What so, what they go, right. So, but we we definitely need to have a better image. You know what I mean? We, and we ain't got to show we like we perfect. But just, you know, you're trying and, and to be respectable and, and those type of things. Quit twerking while your baby is in the room. 
You know what I mean? Baby be holding the camera. Have a baby holding the camera, man. Quit having your baby twerk. Cut that shit out. That mama take this ass shot. <laughs> Boy, hold the camera right before your ass. And you be like, damn, I wonder who's taking this picture. And you look in the mirror, you see baby. Cut it out, man. Kevin Wright said, BET doesn't rep black culture in reality, and people take it literally as a lifestyle. Deep. It goes back to what Derek was just saying. It kind of mm-hmm. does tell on that, on that culture. I agree with that. I mean, we, we have to start controlling that image. Or, you know what? If it is part of the culture, cool, fine. But we need to see other things. We need to see much. We need yeah. to see other things. And that's the basic. That's the, that's the a synopsis I have. We yeah. we have we are so much more. And you're starting to see that. You're starting to see a lot. You know, we're starting to gain more control over our image than we've ever had. Yeah. In my and, and so you're starting to see more and more. And that means we have to patronize it, man. Y'all go see that old silly shit. And then when somebody put put something out with some depth, and and, and y'all don't want black folks don't go see it. No. You know what I mean? We need our own. We need our own. There, you know what I mean? Yeah. Own, and we need to own. and we need to make those a hundred million dollar movies yeah. without without a white person in it and without a white person going and, and we can do that. So that's that's on that man. Uh, like I said, the, the full disclosure show. Derek Lamont Williams the first. Big Dick Dashley, Baba Rich Green, and Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. And I'm gonna go ahead and get into my the next topic, which would be my subject, and uh, I'm, I'm I, I posted a a comment by Miss Jeffa Brown. I want I don't know if she want me to use her government name. You say Jeff yeah, yeah. We're gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna use a government name, but we, we're gonna try to get her on the phone right here. And uh, she posted something in. The, let me see if I can hear. Get to it. I want to read her comment. And we're basically talking about the relationship between the school teachers and the parent. And this is coming from a teacher's point of view now. She, she, she stated, man, I've been seeing some things posted in my teacher groups, which I assume would be like Facebook groups, right? That made me really sad. When did parents and teachers become enemies? My students' parents have always been my best allies. Aren't we supposed to be working toward a common goal to do what's best for the child? It's bad enough that so many of our family units have been destroyed. Now Now our schools are following the same suit. But what about the kids? Where is their safe haven? Somebody has to be in the dough. And yeah, so why I see all y'all little rug rats getting ready for school with your Jordans on and your, you know, uh, all, all your dressed up with they drip all dripping. That way they be dripping going to school. And uh, so I think that this was pertinent for the time. And it, and it's like I've I, I seen people who... Like when we was in school, you know what I mean? It seemed like the teachers and the students, the teachers and the parents had a much better relationship. Like I, I know I never wanted my teacher to call home. I know if my teacher called my mom and my mama had to come to the school or my mom had to get a phone call from the teacher. It was a problem. And it seemed like to a certain degree, to a certain time where it came with like, a parent, a teacher couldn't tell you a parent nothing about their kid. You know what I mean? Like the kid was, would the mom would come up there already 
defensive about the child defending the child and, and and not accepting what the parent what the teachers are saying now I don't know what came first the chicken or the egg you know what I mean because you know she's coming from a teacher's point of view saying that the teachers have are treating the parents less than they should be you know and I you know I just thought that was interesting you know I hadn't heard it from that point of view I'm coming from a parents you know I witnessed teachers get cussed out up and down, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, very disrespectfully. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a tug of war, and I think she's right on the head. What about the kids? You know what I mean? So we're going to try to get her on the phone, but uh, what, what, you, what would y'all think about this? I'm trying to pull up some of these comments, too, that people said. Uh, but Lisa, you want to? Hold on, let's see if we got her on the phone right here. Hello. Hello, Jeffa. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Elizabeth, I didn't get the wrong number. Oh, sorry. Did I oh. Just, uh, did, I, did, I, did I just have <laughs> the wrong number? Hold on, we'll do that again. Yeah, yeah. Right, let me see if I Players can. Players mess up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me read the comments here. Laquita... Said there is a disconnect, but because you have some parents that truly don't know their kids. Honestly, some don't know their own kids' favorite subjects or what subjects they're struggling with. Then you have teachers telling them about their child instead of the parents saying, Hey, what can I do at home to help? They get offended and then go at the teacher when parents know their kids can work with. Thomas Fizzy Fizz said a lot of parents want. Second, want to be their child's friend, so parenting goes undone. He went on to say, parents need to become parents. Forget being friends. Teachers should have to parent your children. Miss Lisa, Lisa, um, I would love to hear your take. I do. I agree with uh, Laquita. Is that what your name? Yes. I do agree with a lot of what she said. Also, feel though that a lot of the issue is that parents are becoming younger and younger. So mm-hmm. you have these babies having babies and they don't even know, they're not even fully grown yet. They're not even fully raised. So they're teaching their kids at a child's level. So when they go into the school because their kids is acting appropriately because of the way that they're teaching the kids, they're going in there with a child's mentality talking to the parents crazy, I mean, excuse me, talking to the teachers crazy, disrespecting the teachers when these teachers got, your child is probably not the only child driving the teacher crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only did she have your kid acting out, she got all these 15 other kids acting out. So now she's coming to you trying to figure out what's the best solution. Mm-hmm. I think you, I think you just, right. hey, we got Jeffa? it. Hey. 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 There we go. Now, now we good. What's up? We 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 want we want to use your government. Like the feminine of Hefe. Yeah, yeah. You know, son, yeah, yeah. She is Hefe. What's up, Hefe? <laughs> She's the boss. Hey, you gotta watch out. Somebody's gonna say. How Hefe. is everybody this Sunday? We good. We good. How are you? Great. We, we, awesome. All right. So here's the question. Uh, 
we went in your thread. Her, yeah. We went in on your thread about the parent-teacher relationship. Kind of wanted to get your take on it. You as an educator, if you could tell tell us how long you've been educating, and then kind of give details on what prompted the uh, the post. Hello. Okay, are you still there? I'm sorry. Okay, there. There we go. Okay, so I you said I lost the last part of the question. I'm sorry. Okay, hey Rhonda, uh, uh, sorry. Don't don't listen to us on the computer. Listen to us on That's the phone. That's okay. The government is fine. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. So uh, listen to us on the phone, not the computer. The computer is delayed a few minutes behind, about a minute or two behind. So, uh, if you could just kind of get into the subject. Okay. Yeah. Just get into your post that you posted, kind of like uh, what prompted it and, and how you feel about it. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you asked what prompted it. Uh, so I, I do, uh, I've been educated for 12 years. And I, I'm, I belong to several different teacher groups and organizations and that sort of thing for support supporting each other with some of the things that we struggle with as teachers, supporting each other um, and, and different teacher ideas and curriculums and, and just all of those things. And so recently somebody put up a post and the post had a picture of magic markers. And on the magic markers, a parent had printed out nice laminated labels and labeled each of the child's markers and sent them to school. And so, uh, one of the people in the group took a picture of those markers and posted it on the page and said, if you receive these in your classroom, how would you handle it? And the comment box lit up. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> and so, of course, the people who were responding were all teachers and educators. And what made me so sad about it that prompted me to put up the post that I put, and I just put my post in my own private group. Of course, I did respond in that thread, but I just put up the post in my own private group was that the level of disrespect <laughs> that some of these people were saying that they would have responded to something so trivial as markers really, 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 really disheartened me. And I'm like, my goodness, is it just that bad nowadays? Between parents and teachers, so that that's where the origin of that post came from. Okay. Okay. But you you say your your uh, relationship is pretty has pretty been pretty good though. Yeah, I have always had an excellent um, rapport and relationship with my students and their parents. Um, and I think in reading the, that thread, it really kind of like triggered a light bulb. Um, so, for example, some of the things, and you know, still keeping with that that uh, privacy, not wanting to completely and, and compromise the integrity of those groups. But some of the people were saying things like, oh, and I would send them right back, and I would tell that parent in this classroom, this is the way that things go, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, you could hear, you know, like, you could hear the attitude and the animosity. Mm -hmm. And I guess what was really disheartening to me is that's so disrespectful, though. Like, your tone is very, very disrespectful. And you can imagine if you're going to uh, address another adult and that disrespectful tone, how are the children being addressed? Mm -hmm. And so 
One of the things that I've always been very big on is addressing my parents with a high level of respect. And I think I learned that early on because I had, I was raised by one of the parents that as a teacher, as a principal, as a superintendent, you did not want to get on her bad side. She was not the one you wanted to have calling the school board, the parent advocate, and all the way into the state if she had to about her because she was not one to play with. So I learned very early on that there is, you just get more bees with honey, right? Yeah, than you yeah. do with salt and vinegar and all these sorts of things. And so I work with children who have uh, behavioral disorders, um, who have just, their behavior is so bad that they just said it's clinical and then you can do it and they're just clinically bad. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And still, I have these great, <laughs> I have these great parent-teacher uh, relationships. So there's a big difference between when you call somebody up on the phone, ring, 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 hello, I'm calling to tell you about your half-raised nothing demon seed, right? Uh, you can imagine what kind of response you're going to get versus when you call and you say, hi, Mr. So-and-so, this is Mrs. Brown. I'm calling you about jogging. Yeah, um, yeah. I've noticed that Johnny comes to school every day. You know, he's always in uniform, or if, if he ain't in uniform, I don't know, he always got two strings that's clean. You find something complimentary, right? You sandwich it. Right, and right. you say these things, and you say, you know, I just imagine that you probably don't know this um, is going on, and I wanted to bring it to your attention and then find out what kind of things we could do to work together to correct it so that he can get the best education possible. That is a very, very, very different conversation. Hey, Miss Brown, real quick before we go, I just thought, I don't know if you heard, but I thought Lisa brought up a, a very interesting point in stating that the fact that, you know, you're having parents that are a lot younger, you know, nowadays, you know, the parents have gotten younger and younger, the grandparents are younger and younger. Do you think that might play like a role in the respect uh, uh, aspect of the whole situation? I did hear Lisa's point, and I do think it plays a part in that role. Um, whereas, you know, you have these teachers, and maybe, you know, Honey's mother was just sitting in her classroom seven years prior. And, and I do think that that does play into the picture. But there's something that, you know, we have to keep in mind. Uh, uh, teaching is an at-will profession. Nobody hogties you and forces you to be a teacher. Right. And certainly nobody hogties you and forces you to teach in an inner city or an urban school district. And we know that those kinds of issues are issues that plague inner city and urban school districts. And so when you go and you sign up and you apply for those inner city urban school districts, which typically pay you a little bit more, <laughs> casualty pay, um, you, under, you have to understand that that's something that you're going to have to encounter. And so if that means that you already need to come in with the mindset that I may have to teach Johnny, but I may have to also kind of be a little bit of teacher to his mama too on some things, then that's what you need to do to be successful. But you don't have a right to come in and uh, disrespect Johnny's mama because she's only 13 years older than Johnny. She's still his mother, period. I agree 100%, man. Well, thanks, thanks for, uh, we thank for your call and your input. The, the, um, the full disclosure show. We appreciate it a, a great deal. All right. Appreciate you, Rhonda. Okay. Take care. All right. Thanks again. Bye-bye.
Big Dick Dazzler. No, I think she uh, she kind of drove it home, articulated the fact that, you know, these, if the teachers are coming with these types of attitudes over something so simple, what are they doing with other things? And I always say that our kids, they may not understand the language that is going on in front of them, but they understand the body language. And you understand when somebody likes you and when they don't like you. You understand when somebody's doing this earnestly, and you understand when somebody's doing it basically for the grain. Yeah. And... I, I know these kids, sometimes your kids will come home and tell you, this teacher doesn't like me. And you know, oh, you just don't want to do your work, blah, blah, blah. But take heed to it if you know your child's not a, not a liar, not a storyteller. As a parent, I would say be a little bit more patient. Start to get to know your teachers. I know we're all stressed. We're all tasked with the, the job of going to work, putting food on the table, taking care of these kids, and then still having to deal with homework and all the other uh, necessities of life. This can be very difficult as a parent. So I think it's stressful all the way around. A lot of these schools are underfunded. A lot of teachers don't have the supplies that they need. A lot of them come out their own pockets. Mm -hmm. But I believe Derek said something to me earlier today. We need to over-communicate with each other on everything, whether it's in a relationship, interpersonal, whether it's at a business, boss employee, or whether it's with school, parent-teacher relationships. I think that we need to just over-communicate. I don't think it could be enough communication. Because the, the whole uh, gist of the whole thing is to make sure that your kid gets the best education that they can have. But if you walk around and you have teachers that have bad attitudes, because the teachers are young, just like the parents are getting younger. And then, if so, let me pose this question to both of y'all real quick. Is it what comes first is the chicken and the egg? Because I still want to get back to the point you made where you have younger parents. And, you know, some of these younger parents are very disrespectful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... It, is it a response from the teachers to that, or is it more of the teach, or is it a response from the parent from the teacher? You know what I mean? What would you say? Um, I, I gotta. I, I do want to say that I think also it plays a, a part in that in that whole mix is the teachers don't have the training to deal with these type of kids. So they're getting trained to train you to teach you to teach you how to learn. Yeah. But they're not getting trained. And they're getting put in the schools. Right. That's, that's, not... that's for kids with mental, not mental, excuse me, behavior problems mm -hmm. in these urban schools. But they don't have the training to deal with these type of kids or they're not around these type of kids. But what you were saying, I think, I think maybe those, in those situations, those parents can be a little hypersensitive. They have that attitude that can't nobody talk to my kids. Uh, little Johnny, or not little Johnny, little Ray Ray, if anybody say anything to you, you better tell them X, Y, Z. And they got the little neck rolling. So I think that when somebody comes in there and tells you that your kid is this, that, and the third, and you're in, that, you're in the type of environment where that negative behavior is okay. If somebody tells you that your kid's negative behavior is a problem, right. you already got that right. mindset that my kid are all right. What you mean? This is you know what it comes down to? It comes down to, you know, before you can commun communicate, you have, there has to be trust. And obviously, there's no, their trust has been damaged. Mm -hmm. Now, where it ha where that's been damaged, that you know, it's hard to put a finger on it. But I, you, you can't tell me nothing if I don't trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? You can say all you want to, but if I don't trust that your heart is in the right place, 
I'm not going to take anything. And somewhere it seemed like to me in between the line, we've lost a lot of that. Not completely. You know, there are some great teachers out there. And, you know, in, in her response, she's doing special needs. You have to have a great relationship with the mm-hmm. parent. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a must. You know what I mean? But, I think she said a good word that people don't exercise, and that's rapport. You know, you know? Oh, oh, keep your thought. Olri said teachers are afraid of the administration. The administration is afraid of the parents, and the parents are afraid of the children. And lastly, children ain't afraid of nobody. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> but uh, finish your thought. And, and, yeah, the word. I think that a lot of these teachers, I ain't going to say a lot, but I think these teachers, some of these teachers do not have rapport, especially if, like you said, life was going on, you're a single parent, you got work, you got to come home, you got to deal with the dog, you got to deal with the husband, you got to deal with the boss, and then your teacher's calling you to, to tell you something's going on with your kid, but you're so busy, you're not answering the phone, or maybe you're so stressed because you know your kid is bad, you don't want to answer the phone. Well, you I think, I so think you made you... a great point, too. Is It's like with the police. A lot of the teachers are teaching the kids. They're not their kids. This is not their community. Mm-hmm. They're driving 45 yeah. minutes to mm-hmm. go to work. Mm-hmm. So this is not their kids they're teaching. It's just like the police is not policing their own neighborhood. <laughs> the teacher leaving everything. Thank right. God I made yeah, right yeah. decision. I don't live in that You know what I mean? So it's like, and, and so I think that definitely has a, a big part to play in. Have you know establishing mm-hmm. rapport, being that we you know we come from the same place. I know you. You know what I mean. I know you stay right up there on on Forty Fourth Street. You know what I mean. I know you care about my child, mm-hmm. and so now the relationship is a lot better. And plus, they're having to teach in areas and and deal with things that they're not being trained to do. Well, you know what? I'm gonna dovetail off of what both of y'all said. At least you had two subjects that are very germane to this. Um, moving up to this conversation. And one of them was we were talking about the decaying of respect mm-hmm. amongst people. We talked about the generational breakage there. The fact that mama and them, grandmama and them ain't around. And then you have these young people raising these kids that probably shouldn't be, the parent probably shouldn't be on their own all the way. But since their life is subsidized, they're able to do that. This kind of is part and parcel to that. And then uh, the, the other portion is just the hypersensitivity. We talked about hypersensitivity. Mm. I mean, it's just amazing right. how some of the things we talked about earlier, you know, roll over into this. A lot of that is ego. It goes down to ego. It's okay if someone is telling you you haven't done something right. Everybody's not just criticizing you. Eventually, what's going to happen, they're going to turn a blind eye to you and they won't tell you anything. Right, right, right. So, at this point, I'll first put the, the onus on the parents to stay on top of the teacher. That makes sense. Because if you're in the middle of everything and you say, hey, if any, you're not getting what you want out of him or her, you call me. And then sometimes you make pop-up visits. You check the homework. You 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 check in yeah. with the teacher's prior You today. demonstrate. You have to demonstrate that you care. Yeah, I pop up on my kids. I like to call them mom What's up, Ashley? Mom bods. Mom bods. You got drive bods, but I call them mom bods. Hey, man, before we... There's a place in there. Before, you know... We got two questions. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Olri said, uh, I unschooled my children every day and retaught them from the public food system. (laughs) I raised free thinkers. They also respected their elders. Man. That's, that's how you have to do it. That's, that's regardless. Regardless. I think the thing is, and just to touch on before we move on, that uh, how you just tied them subjects together, and I think it is because we basically what we're talking about are relationships, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. And these are the things that all different type of relationships to make them work. 
and the commingle and those things, it has to be, that's why these things are going to, you know, these uh, uh, subjects are going to tie in because it all ties into basic relationships. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we have to respect each other, you know what I mean? And we don't have to agree with each other, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But there has to be a certain level of respect, there has to be a certain level of understanding for us to really make this thing work. So, I told y'all it was going to be a fire show, man. And ain't, we ain't even got the full disclosure show. Daglamont wins the first. Big Dick Dathy, Bobby Rich Green, and Miss Lisa, Lisa Burnett. And we're going to go ahead and get into this social media post of the week. I know y'all been waiting for it. Oh, yeah, I know I have. <laughs> well, Bobby Fatah, he, he interjected. He, he said he did the same thing every day with each one of his kids. You have to. When they come back. And I told my son. You learn at home. They introduce you to you at school, but right. you really learn it at home. We got to remember that. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Uh, uh, I remember when, when D.L. went off to school, he called me one time. And he was like, you know, he was having trouble. And I was like, what's wrong? He was like, man, it's hard. I'm sitting in this classroom, and they're telling me all this bullshit, and I know this bullshit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you didn't taught me, you know what I'm saying, that this ain't where this come from. This yeah. ain't where this come from. You told me they was going to tell me it was Greek, and that's what they trying to tell me. And I know that it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I'm struggling, like paying attention to this bullshit. But yeah, like, oh, I got nothing down. Patrick Buffer Boy Cole said hypersensitivity is the main reason we can't communicate to me. Uh, you're too busy trying to avoid offending the person. You can't express yourself freely. True. I agree because you, you facts you're on eggshells. You know you're, facts. You know, One hundred. Oh no, they call you. You you're toxic. <laughs> you're toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you anything. These kids don't like to be coached. But uh, yeah, if we get into the social media post of the week, it's about Jay Z. I know y'all been seeing everything all week about Jay Z. He made a partnership with the NFL in which he's going to handle all the halftime shows for the Super Bowl to mm-hmm. add more diversity and bring a different type of flavor to it. In addition to that, it's been rumored that he's going to become a majority or minority owner, but a large stake in an NFL franchise which at this point has no representation as far as black ownership in the league outside of very minuscule shares held by certain individuals. I know Serena and Venus have a a minority share inside the Miami Dolphins. So everybody's timeline flooded. I've been seeing pictures of, um, you know, coon pictures and all this other stuff. I mean, by well-respected people. I'm just going to go in on what I think, you know. We just talked about systemic racism when we're talking about accountability, okay? So we need to take accountability for ourselves. So when you see people marching, you, you see all this other stuff, you have scholars who have said marching doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do, you gonna march? You gonna complain, you gonna do this? That doesn't help, okay? So then you you rally around, you try to get the politicians to do it. Then you tell the political system doesn't work, it's a farce. Your vote doesn't matter. They already know who they're going to pick. Okay. So, how do you affect the process? So, Colin Kaepernick started kneeling down in 2016. The NFL set up this coalition in 2017. It was a coalition initiative to make sure that they had some level of sensitivity to social injustice issues for its workforce. Because 75% of the NFL is African American. Black. With that being said... It was really done as a pacifier and nothing really happened. Then you had people like myself, Derek, and other people who just boycotted the NFL based on the way that they treated their black players. 
that worked to a degree because then you had some white people who stopped watching too. You had different people of different ethnicities that stopped watching football as well because of what was going on. They wanted the NFL to do more to stop these young men from kneeling and doing this other stuff. The whole thing was to bring awareness about police brutality and the fact that it's dangerous for a young black man to be stopped. This is why Kaepernick was doing. So he wanted to move the conversation forward. Let's fast forward, it's 2019 now, it's three years later. You have Jay-Z announce a partnership with the NFL after telling Travis Scott not to perform in the NFL halftime show. Immediately, it does reek of someone being hypocritical. However, my take on it is, at this point you're helping control a narrative somewhat. Because we just said, we have to control how we're seen. We are only seen one way, that's because we didn't control that. If you watch a movie called Hollywood Shuffle, it details how he was going through and trying to get a job as an actor, and he had white people telling him how to act black. So you now, you, you sit here, you say we gotta break the system down. You don't break the system down from outside. You have to get within. If you really understand white supremacy, systemic racism, you don't do it from afar. You have to get in and shake it up. You can try to start your own, and I know a lot of people have said that, and I've even said that, hey, one of the best things we could have did is start our own league. We're 75% we're of the talent. 75% of the talent. But there's a lot of things that are inherent in that that go into that. And they, they, the power brokers, would make sure that that's a difficult thing. Look at Ice Cube with the big three doing very well. He's moving through, but he's trying to buy. We just talked about it. 21 stations. He's being blocked. He has the money. He has the backers. They're, if it's for sale, why are you have a problem with me buying so you have somebody who said, okay, I'm gonna show y'all how to move. Actually, he said this in the sun years ago. Um, the industry shady, it needs to be taken over. You know, I'm showing you, trying to show you how to navigate in a room full of vultures. This is what you're getting. I believe Jay-Z deserves the benefit of the doubt based on the track record that this man has had. You had bail reform in all 50 states based on the stuff that him, Beyonce, Robert Kraft, and Meek Mill put together. And nobody talks about that. But you hear this and people jump on it. Hypersensitive. Even somebody, a respected journalist, I, I love her to death, just wrote a scathing article about this. Eric Reed, and I'll leave this alone and I'll, I'll go to y'all too. Eric Reed, who actually played with Colin Kaepernick and Neil with Colin Kaepernick, said Jay-Z did a, a disservice to his friend. I'm just share that particular thing. But he went in to say, you know, Jay-Z never kneeled and how you gonna affect this, he just enriched himself, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. It reeks of hypocrisy to me because you're still playing in the NFL. You're still playing for the very people you say that are disrespecting your people. So who's the hypocrite in this? Now, are you mad because he, 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 he moving weight and you pushing dimes? Are you mad because you working for the same people you saying that are oppressing you and he's sitting next to those people? Which one is going to be more effective for our people down the line? I digress. So, Lisa, you being the lady of the house, and we, we do have a, you want me to read these comments prior to you going in? Yeah, you can go ahead and read the comments. Okay, now this is still kind of going back to the last subject. Uh, Olri said, my children better not have gone to school and been disrespectful. I dealt with the teachers, and I showed up for conferences and made surprise visits at the schools. Patrick said, they attack and hold a little, okay, now he's coming into this, a little too hard. He's not a coon. I think he, he just didn't think this through. And I just shared that, Eric Reed. Okay, you go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry. 
Well, I mean, you kind of just literally just took the words right out of my mouth. Everything that you said, I literally, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am the one of like voting. That ain't working. That's me. You know, um, the politics, that ain't going to work. That's me. And I am for, you know, starting your own name, but I know as well that that does come with a lot of stipulations and extras. Me, I feel like Jay-Z has made a boss move. I mean, what better way to make a change or to bring light to situations that need to be shined on than the better, than to come into the organization. And see what's really going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. everybody else is talking about what should be done, and the people that are in power to make moves have not made moves. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, the fo- football, the NFL is entertainment. Then you have an entertainer coming in, putting his perspective in. And, he and the things that he has done has clearly made it obvious that he is for our people. He is for educating our people. He is for giving you those little nuggets that you need to create that generational wealth. So I don't understand where people have such a negative, um, negative feeling about this. I don't understand where they say Kaepernick, how he sold out to Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of him was to, the whole purpose of him kneeling was to bring like This type of stuff to right. the table. So now that this stuff, now that there's somebody that's able to bring it to the forth and show some sort of solution and get things moving where you wasn't getting things moving and neither was you. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? Yeah, but they were angry. What's the problem? <laughs> well, the problem is, the problem I see these things kind of fall along the same lines of we talk about R. Kelly thing. We talk about, and I'm not putting this Jay Z in this in that mode, but it falls along the same lines as of if we like Jay Z, we think it's a great move. If we don't like Jay Z, he's a cool. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, I see how these things boil down to to me. It's like as I see all the comments and everybody comment, it, it, it seems to like me. I, I pride myself in being objective. And I pride myself in being a critical thinker. So when I hear stuff like this, you know, and I was like, well, where do I land on it? You know what I mean? And I had to sit there because we talked like, like, I really wasn't sure where I was at on it, you know. So I had to break down and I wanted to kind of share how my, my how I broke down. First thing, I, I, I looked some things up. These are just some of the things Jay-Z has done. Right. And then you had the 21 Savage thing where 21 Savage was arrested, deported by ICE. Jay-Z spoke on his behalf, not only spoke on his behalf, but went and got him one of the best uh, uh, attorneys in, in the country, in the world, in the world. And, and was able to get him, get it, you know, get, get a citizenship back. Mm-hmm. He also spearheaded the whole free McMill campaign, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And not only not only did he uh, uh, help pay for his defense as well, I thought I heard that he had paid for, like, all of it. Mm-hmm. And he also uh, teamed up with McMill once he released her. Uh, spearhead the Reform Alliance, which aims to advance criminal justice reform and eliminate outdated, law, outdated laws that perpetuate injustice, starting and with probation and parole. And he also, with his mom, started the Sean Carter, Sean Carter Foundation, which has given millions of dollars of scholarships to un, underprivileged students. Also, we had 
um, the boycott, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Cardi B, of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. where he he didn't perform at the Super Bowl. He, he turned down however many yeah, millions yeah, of yeah. dollars that they, they offer him, and he also encouraged others to do the same. You know what I mean? So we have that there. He also uh, uh, publicly supported Kaepernick mm-hmm. with, the, with the jersey, Saturday Night Live. He had the Kaepernick jersey. Everybody remember it. You know what I mean? When Lil Wayne had his financial problems, when, he paid $5 million for Lil Wayne's taxes. There, that, there we go. And then, and then we had the, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce who bailed out all the protesters in Baltimore mm-hmm. when they were getting going to jail. You know what I mean? He also established a trust fund for Sean Bell's, Sean Bell's kids. If those you don't remember, Sean Bell was killed, I think, on his wedding night or... or, or yeah. shot up. And he was shot up. And he established a trust fund for the man's kids. I'm going to flip this page over because that's not even... You know, he released a, a short film, The War on Drugs, which was powerful. Also, the miniseries on Khalif Browder, the miniseries on Trayvon Martin. He had the Fade the Black concert that donated to all kind of charities. He also partnered with the United Nations for Water for Life concert that brought in more than $300,000 for water and sanitation on top of a personal donation of 400000 to the Play Pump Interaction. And, and also, he, he has invested in a startup aimed at uh, helping people navigate the U.S. criminal justice system. And that's not even all of it. So, so you say he done nothing for black people. And, and, see, and see, that's the <laughs> thing. <laughs> and see, that's the thing that when it lands to me, so I think he, I think we owe him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I think, I, and I so when, 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 if you would have told me, if this was Floyd Mayweather, I'd be like, oh, that sellout, motherfucker, yeah. that cool. I would have been right, you know what I mean? Because what has Floyd Mayweather sold us? That Floyd Mayweather don't do anything but for you know Floyd Mayweather. And I'm a Mayweather fan. I'm a fan of his boxing. And he's one of, I mean, if you're a fan of boxing, but he's, he has, he has, you know, he's from Flint, Michigan, and he hasn't even sent them a cup of water. You see what I'm saying? Least, not even a water not. bottle. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I think I think that we, I think we should. I think you have to sit back and say, okay, when you see him make this move, let's see what happens let's with see what him. Happens. Instead of coming to Russell, just all oh, he this, all oh, he that, all oh, he this. Let's sit back and give him the benefit of the doubt. They're thinking like, you know, oh, okay, he he he, he, he something's gonna come of this. He's gonna hold. He leveraged the NFL because yeah. they did need him. Yeah, they did yeah. need him, yeah. and he leveraged that. So, okay, you're going to put your money where your mouth is, and you're going to help these causes, and you're going to come out, and you're going to do this. This is what the protest was for. Colin Kaepernick was not protesting the NFL. Colin Kaepernick just recorded a video of him working out. I was like, guys, I I, I I still still want to play. play. I still want to play. But so is is he a sellout? If if they say, okay, come on, we signed you to a contract, nobody's going to say, oh, Colin Kaepernick sold out. There's got people who say that, and people are saying like, "Oh, well, Kaepernick still doesn't have no job in the NFL." Well, how do we know that? Well, Jay Z, how you know Jay Z not gonna make moves to get this man a position? That's the first thing that I thought about. That's the first thing I thought about. How we know he's taking the first steps to get him a position? I would not be surprised if he sues up for the New England Patriots. I'm telling you, man, Jay Z is a business genius. And he's a musical genius. Yeah, he is. And he is about generational wealth. 
and he is smart. But he's in the Illuminati. But you, 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 you <laughs> find look, you find me I, now. I might, I know a lot of people don't, you know, sorry. have the same publicity. But you no. find me another entertainer or politician that has a resume like that, like that I just read off. Find me one. You're not. Find well, me well, one. Olderie said something. Olderie said, "I don't see the problem with what Jay Z has done." Jay-Z and Kaepernick made some very wise business decisions, NFL and Nike, and both brought awareness to social justice issues. Mm-hmm. Veronica Thorpe went on to say, he's making business moves. He's a billion-dollar dude and didn't get that way by broadcasting his moves. Mm-hmm. Most of the moves he's made, people said it wouldn't work, title being one of them. People need to quit rushing the court to count other people's money. Agreed. But you I'm know just what? Saying there's a bigger picture. And, and the thing is, I though, agree. this is not this doesn't this doesn't feel like a money move. No. I mean, I don't know how much. I'm sure he's getting paid a, a large, substantial amount of money. Mm-hmm. But this is not a, you, when you are a billionaire, you're not making money moves anymore. Mm-hmm. You're making power moves. You make power yeah. moves, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and like you say, you can't you can't uh, uh, Killer Mike just had a, 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 a spoke on it. Not we're not Killer Mike. We'll, um, uh, Marcellus Wiley, Marcellus and I meant to, Wiley, I couldn't yeah. couldn't find the, the comment, but he said, and and I uh, quote, "You can't listen. You can't win a chess game if you don't have no pieces on the board." On the board, mm-hmm. but see, people don't really understand systemic racism and white supremacy. If you don't understand it, then you're gonna have this reaction. Oh, he did this. He showed out. He danced for the mat. He doing the jig. See that this was a power move. I can't change anything if I'm not at the table. Right. If I'm not sitting at the table, if you're not sitting at the table, how can you change anything? Duh. You gonna keep complaining and you gonna throw rocks at the building? I bust the window out, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm sitting in the boardroom where the decision's made. Do not get me wrong. They could still make a power move because it's in their nature to, to stop you from ascending. It is in is is in dominant society's nature. It's not everybody. And, and, Once again, I'm not and, saying and real quick too man isn't the people power brokers mm-hmm. to stop you. Go ahead. Dude. Real quick one of the, you know, and you know, I'm watching the comments, I'm watching what people say, and one of the things that's irking me is people, like, we got, you got to understand who we're dealing with. Like I'm saying, I'm saying, you have to give Jay-Z the benefit of the doubt, right? Right. As, because of his access and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Or not because his music is hot and none of that. What, look what he's done, okay? Yeah. And these people's like, oh, the NFL is using him. Jay-Z is a very intelligent man. Very intelligent. You don't get, you don't do the things you do without being intelligent. Like you said, without being two steps ahead on the chessboard. You really think that he's going to allow the NFL to, like he's just, oh, they just using me as a face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just, oh, they're going to, no. It's Jay-Z. Because it's Shaquille O'Neal, Papa John's movie. Exactly. And no, no. Jay, well, go ahead. I think he learned. It did happen. If we really look at what happened with his whole ownership in the NBA, where it was like one one tenth of a percent of the uh, Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets, so they could build the stadium next to his home. I mean, it was a feel good story, but he didn't have really. He had a, he had a horse in the race, kind of, but that was that was my litmus test. Okay, I learned. Y'all played me a little yeah. bit. Y'all used me in order to get the things that you needed from the city of Brooklyn, from from. Uh, Everybody wanted the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, the new stadium the built new stadium over there. Everything. Y'all use me. That won't happen again. So he 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 took a chance and failed largely in front of us, but said I'd never make that move again. I'd never make that mistake. So who's to say that wasn't his first foray? That that was when he was first putting was all practice. the pieces. His first putting all the pieces on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. Now I know how. If I could do it again, this is what I would do. 
and this is his can do it again. I trust Jay-Z. Well, you know, it's just amazing, though, that, um, you know, it goes back to what you just said. You're just saying this. This is why I, I, I just find all this stuff to be so serendipitous, because you were talking about how the accountability that we have. Okay, now you, you, you got somebody who said, okay, I'll take accountability for my people. And what does his people do? Who criticizing him? Is it dominant society criticizing Jay-Z, or is it people that look just like him? Yeah. Is they're, it people that look going, just like him? They're going to grab any... What do you think about the Jay-Z? Yeah. You know, the Eric oh, Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Jay, oh, forget all that. It's just I like think, when he bought I title. Think we, I think our society, I think we don't have an understanding power. of power and of uh, systemic racism. We don't. White supremacy. We don't have an understanding of that. So I think that's why when these type of moves are made, I think that's why we so like, what? Uh-uh, and no, if, and no, if, no. And if you heard the interview, Char Charlemagne the guy and Jay Z was on a, a radio show, and you know, you know, Charlemagne is is, is uh, uh, he's gonna come at you. He's gonna say what's on his mind. He's gonna ask some question. He asked Jay Z the question, and Jay Z said, you know, we talked about we, you know, okay, you we nil, okay, for action to happen. You know, we you always say the time, uh, when we gonna stop marching? Why are we keep marching? What's gonna happen? Of the marching, what do you want? What do you want the NFL to do? Okay, you you kneeling to bring more attention to these things that are happening. So now, with Jay Z, you don't think? I mean, just think of what I just read down to you. You don't think his one of his whole intentions in here is to hold it, the NFL account accountable what they said they're going to do? They, gonna they do. established a, a a program with the with the with the players mm -hmm. where they were going to allocate so many millions of dollars to so to social injustice things, and Jay Z is going to hold them to that. Yeah, that's what we need to you do. You know what I mean? But and and people are actually doubting that he's going to do that. Why? I mean, it, how many of your favorite actors just say anything about you got cast us a. Uh, uh, you know, please get killed in black folks in the street, and nobody wants to even nobody. speak on it because they don't want to lose their bone. You know what I mean? Jay Z has time and time again called out a, a power, spoke to power on their bullshit. He put his own. So, exactly. His own hey, you know, let me say this. I, I mean, go ahead. I want to make sure that I'm not minimizing Eric's Reed contribution to this because he took a chance with Colin at the same time, too. So this is not a diss to you, Mr. Reed. Brother, you're young, you're doing your thing, and I applaud you. But what I, what I was really saying is, let's see what he's going to do. And I don't think what you did was disingenuous, and I don't think what Jay-Z is doing is disingenuous. However, with you being critical of it, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to rally behind your words and, and do that. Let's just see what's going on. But I will say this. I am kind of glad that there are people that are skeptical. You need that a healthy level of skepticism because it keeps everybody on. Well, but see, that's not skepticism. He's speaking out of emotion. Yeah. No, 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 so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm exactly. Saying that people who yeah. Are well, that's why I. Are gonna rally that's why. Words. That's why I break down the facts. That's why you know I, I believe in thinking critical thinking. All of you talk about thinking for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the man's track work record, and to me, that we, based on that, we owe him the benefit of the doubt. Let's give us some time. Eric Reese spoke out of emotion, and you called it right. You can't criticize somebody for making a partnership with the same uh, uh, program that you're employed that you employed in. Work for. You know what I mean? Like, how can you criticize him? That that you you, you was he was way out of line. Yeah. Patrick Buckboy Cole said, "This is a PR move for the NFL. When it's all said and done, it's going to work out in their favor." Well, 
The NFL is a is a multi million dollar mogul. Even with, if their bottom a, line is hurt, they still thrive. And so the NFL is a non-profit. It's a P, it's a P, no it's a PR. I mean, you can you can say, it, you know, the motives could be disingenuous as long as there's action. Okay, as long as they're going to do what they said they were going to do and help bring uh, light to these issues and put money and allocate funds. In the, in the places that they say they're going to be, and Jay-Z is going to hold them accountable to that, what else can you ask? Yeah. That's what Kaepernick was asking. And, and at least he tried. Yeah. And at least he tried for it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's too early. We, ru- we rush to judgment. You had too many people in too many high places that I've, I've respected over the years that, to me, really disappointed me with this. And I'm not saying that they had to agree. I'm saying open yourself up to the possibility, hey, it doesn't. It doesn't pass. It doesn't pass the sniff test right now. I don't know what his end game is, but let's give him the benefit of the doubt. If in a year or two years it's the same thing, then we need to get on. But I still say, for those of you, I'm not just going to throw everybody out. It's okay to have that skepticism. They should be mm-hmm. because the world has taught us we need to be skeptical of anyone that's working with anybody that's not in our favor. But truth of the matter is, is it better to work alongside or better to work for? I always think it's better to work alongside. You know, it's a difference. My man, Shahan uh, Xavier Allen, he said, uh, you can live next to someone who's part of the dominant society. And if you live next to them and they own 40, they own 40 acres and you don't, own, you don't own no acres, you own an anchor, it's, hey, Derek, how you doing this morning? But you own 40 acres, they own 40 acres. It's, hey, hey how you doing, Mr. Williams? It's a difference. Mm-hmm. And this is what, this is, that, that is the dominant society thought process in a nutshell. Well, you know, it's interesting because I remember a couple of years ago, well, like right when, I think it's a three-year, it's like the three-year anniversary or whatever, when Ka- Kaepernick knelt. Mm-hmm. And um, the year right after, you know, remember Puffy and them was talking about buying the Panthers. Buying the Carolina Panthers. And, yeah. uh, you know, nobody said, oh, how, why would y'all buy the, why would y'all buy the Panthers? That's a sellout mode. Mm-hmm. Nobody said that. Nobody said it. You know what I mean? And I think, like I said, it goes along lines of, you know, for some reason, Jay Z and and Beyonce are like two of the more polarizing people that we've had and that we have now. And it falls in line if, if we like them, nothing they they shit don't stink. Mm-hmm. And if we don't like them, we gonna put anything that they do is not gonna be good enough. When they when they out here helping people and doing all these things, you, you're not whispering a word about it. You just you know. But as soon as you know, something happens that you, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. I know. You know we, yeah, we so, we so quick to holler out what people, we perceive as their failures and don't uplift and don't magnify the things that, the positive, you know what I mean? Again, what we just talked about. We just, about. About. We, just we so, you no know. Solidarity. No, solidarity. It's, it's no solidarity. No solidarity. No. I think we are, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I think we're still kind of stuck in the protest phase. I think maybe those who don't understand are still stuck in that mindset of we're protesting, we're protesting, we're protesting. We gotta get out of there. protesting because people are protesting. <laughs> like since yeah. protesting was protesting, we still protesting <laughs> again. With something old doesn't work, why not try something new? I think we should put pressure on ourselves and the community banks to make sure that they're doing small micro loans and small business loans. Because small business is really where we're gonna get our foothold back in this society. You know, I think Black Enterprises put something out that we're going to have zero wealth by the time 2053 as far as black households. So we need to change that tide. 
how do you do it? Micro lending, small business loans. Now I know that probably doesn't seem germane to it, but it is. We're talking about solidarity, right? We're yeah. talking about a plan. We're talking about doing something more than protesting. Hey, we need some money in this. Hey, uh, Patrick Buck Boy Cole said, well, I'm not anti-Jay-Z. I hope I'm wrong. Perhaps Jay-Z sees something I don't. Oh, I wouldn't say he was anti. I think that, that me saying that healthy skepticism, that wasn't you, bro. Uh, the NFL is just smart. We know they're a multi-billion dollar corporation for a reason. They've been around all these years, 100 years this year, right? 100 years this year. Hey, that, that has nothing to do with your comments. And, and, you know, the thing is, you know, and all in all, you know, we should have our own league. You know, when you got a league that's 70% black, and you know, and people are like, well, you know, he should start his own league. Well, he got a he got a sports company, he got a sports agency, and he can't even get everybody to sign that. You know what I mean? We got black agents, and we can't even get all the black athletes to sign with black agents. How are we gonna get them to leave the NFL and come to this league? It's just not. You know, you're talking about in depth indoctrination. You know what I mean? We got HBCUs. They we always talk about the NCAA. You know, we, we just had the Rich Paul rule where the NCAA had ruled. You know, they, they reached, yeah, you had to have at least a bachelor's degree to be an agent. Before, it's only you can ha- you only have to have a certificate. Yeah, but you know, the NFL, and the, uh, right? PBA, and this yeah. was because Rich Paul has become one of the most powerful agents in basketball in sports. You know what I mean? So that and, is white supremacy. People. Yes, and so you would think I would think like if I was a young 18, 19 year old coming up, I'm going to sign with a brother. I'm signing. I'm Paul. just going to do it. Yeah, yeah Jay Z or I'm, Rich I'm Paul. Why don't more young black men go to HBCUs? I just saw the first uh, blue chipper, first five-star recruit uh-huh. sign with an HBCU this week. And I'm sorry I forgot your name, young brother. Shout out to you. He, he just he said he wanted to play for uh, a, a black school. Yeah, I mean, and, and so until we have our own shit, we have to learn how to operate in what we have right now. Yeah. We have to learn how to maneuver in, in the intricacies of this business. So... What he did is like we need that, and if he becomes if he becomes a part owner, that's even better. You know what I mean? I want to suggest a movie. Go for it. Y'all need to watch. In light of this conversation, y'all need to watch the spook that's set beside the door. Mm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That was a good movie. Okay. And, and the book. Of, and it's get, in the, the book. book. Read the book. It's kind of like... That's where Uncle Tom came from. That's it's kind of like mm-hmm. what Jay-Z, in in a sense, what Jay-Z is doing. You know what I'm saying? The guy kind of got into the... CIA. The, the CIA, learned the information, and passed it on to his to community. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great now, movie. I don't want to tell y'all too oh, much. Right. So it's different from what I... Okay, yeah, I don't no. Know. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. not... It's, not it's about like the guy that, who yeah. infiltrated... He, he was recruited by the CIA... And went in as a member of the CIA, but as a double agent. Mm-hmm. And he, he learned technical skills and everything. Like and, yeah, and yeah. then took them skills and, and and taught his community how to do the same things, how they operate. It's a great movie. We got any more? We got some more comments over here? No, I think we're done, bro. But, uh, yeah, man, I told y'all it was really going to be a good show, man. I I, uh, I want to thank Miss Jeffa Brown for her calling in. And... Uh, Everybody that's tuned in with us, Patrick Bubba Boy Cole, Olery, you know what I mean? All love, man. We appreciate, you know, y'all clicking on the link, sharing it. Please continue to share it. Please continue, you know, the podcast is on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, uh, Apple, Breaker, Anchor. You can check us out anytime and uh, share it and, and uh, click on the click on the subscribe to the channels and uh, 
Hey, Derek Lamont wins the first. Bobby Rich Green, Big Dick Dashley, Miss Lisa Lisa, tell the people that you, your people that you love them because tomorrow not promise. Rest in peace to all those that's not here. Yes, indeed. And uh, hey, man, it's all love all day. We out.